You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We're in a series called The Future Is Family. When uh, Pastor Mike asked me to speak tonight, I was standing next to that speaker and I thought he said, the futurist family. And I Googled it and I got like a picture of the Jetsons, the old cartoons. So I was going to kind of run that, but I'm not. So, um, but the future is family. So I would like to introduce you to my family. And if we could put it up on the screen here, I think we've got a picture of them. There we are. That is my family. That is my family. And there you'll see, uh, I think my wife Kelly's on the far right, my beautiful daughter Ashley, my son-in-law Tyler, my amazing grandson Caleb. The, uh, the long blonde hair belongs to our son Sean Patrick. And the love of his life, the most favorite person in his life is Karen Gonzalez. And so we honor all of you guys. So um, I do want to tell a short story that I think will set up my message about uh, our son, Sean Patrick. Um, uh, two years ago, right before COVID hit, like many of us, we were sort of, you know, everything was going along very well. He was a, a senior in high school and he made captain of the lacrosse team. Grades were just starting to come around. He was getting better in school. And this was uh, surprising to us because for so many years leading up to that, he hated school. He did poorly. It was just tough on him. And then his senior year, it sort of seemed to all click. And we were excited, and then it shut down. And like everybody else, his life just turned in, you know, upside down. And uh, he obviously got, you know, quite upset about it and kept asking the question, why? Why is this happening? What's going on? Uh, why did this happen right now? These are supposed to be some of the best years of my life. And, um, you know, I told him, I said, you know, son, you're learning a valuable lesson right now. Sometimes life is tough and sometimes we have to persevere. And one of the things that our son, Sean Patrick, did is that he trusted in God, he persevered, and then he was blessed. And so what he did for a year and a half in lockdown is that he studied online. He went to Cal State San Marcos online. He got into a number of schools and they all had to go online as well. And he got good grades. And then about three months or so ago, he applied to an incredible university in Rome, an American university in Rome, Italy, and he got in. He trusted God, he persevered, and today he's in Rome, Italy studying economics. So I wanna pray that over you before I start my message. I wanna pray that when you trust God and you persevere through that, Lord God, with this church family, we trust in you, we have faith in you. We will persevere in that context. We will persevere because of our faith in you. And on the end, and you say this in your word that we will be abundantly blessed. And so I pray that over our beautiful church family tonight in your beautiful and precious name, I pray, amen. All right, so here we go, you ready? All right, so the title of my message is, and because we're in the middle of the Olympics, uh, even though it's a weird Olympics, but I'm still rooting for the home team, uh, I thought I would go for gold with the longest title of any message <laughs> there has been. So the title of my message is, Family Restoration Because of Personal Transformation. How about that? 
All right, so here we go. Let's uh, honor God by coming to his word first. Uh, so let's put up, uh, if you guys could put up James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. James 1, 2, 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So here again is trusting God produces perseverance which produces blessing, right? So let's continue with one more scripture from James, chapter 5, verse 11, if you could throw that up on the screen. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. Wow. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So when I came to Awaken six and a half years ago, I had never heard of Job. I'd never read Job. I'd never read the Bible. I had no relationship with Jesus Christ. Here I am preaching. They say this is the house of transformation, right? Hello. But we see in the scripture that Job persevered through something and see what the Lord finally brought about. He was full of compassion and mercy. So uh, six years ago, I signed up for my first Emerge conference Reluctantly. <laughs> Reluctantly. Again, I had no relationship with Jesus. God was not part of me. Nothing in my heart. But I thought I would go out with the guys. In fact, my son-in-law, Tyler Matthews, was team captain. My son, Sean Patrick, had already been to an Emerge without his dad, but he went with my son-in-law, Tyler. And I knew a few other guys in our church, and so I felt safe with this team camping for a few days, eat some good food. I'm safe in the confines of your group. And I don't know if uh, you guys have ever seen Animal Planet flipping channels on a Saturday afternoon or not, but one of the things that you'll see if you do land on that channel is like a herd of water buffalo all together, right? They're safe, <laughs> they're, they're safe, right? That's how I felt, kind of in your group, safe. And then all of a sudden, uh, the dinner bell rang and everybody ran towards the burritos. <laughs> and you know, what happens when the herd of water buffalo are together and, and one of them walks off, you know, to go get a drink at the cute little river that's right here, you know what's coming. You know there's gonna, a gator, you know there's gonna be this vicious attack so you quickly try to change the channels and you get to something else that's uh, absolutely irrelevant. But nonetheless, um, when the dinner bell rang, it emerged, I suddenly found myself separated from the pack, and I was wandering around, emerged by myself, <laughs> vulnerable, and out of the corner of my eye, I see Pastor Mike, and he's walking towards me. We're on a trajectory of collision, and I'm thinking, oh no, I, I don't know Jesus. He's going to ask me something about Jesus. He's got this look in his eye like he just tied the thousand dollars. He's he's quoting Hebrews 11:6, and you know we bump into one another, and we both kind of look over at this line which is now wrapped around the park or whatever, and then we started talking, and that conversation lasted about an hour, and I felt my heart open up a little bit. Not much, but just a little bit. And I don't even remember what was said, but it was so impactful that even today, 
we mention that conversation every once in a while. So uh, I'll remember that probably for the rest of my life. Um, the next day, day two of Emerge, it was the lunch bell rang. And again, I was in the herd of water buffalo, the team together. And I found myself wandering off by myself, going to the little river, right, ready for the attack. And uh, I see Captain Dominic Jones of the US Navy, who used to go to our church. He moved to Hawaii a long time ago, a dear friend. And we bumped into one another, and the attack began again. <laughs> And, um, but Dominic and I started a, a conversation as well. We talked about the USS Roosevelt, we talked about Navy. And then Dominic said to me, hey, after Emerge, since I work in Coronado, why don't you come visit me and we'll talk and I'll show you around the SEAL base. And I thought, well, that, this is great, terrific opportunity. And uh, so I did that. I showed up at like 0700, met Dominic, and we toured the SEAL base and we talked. And then we went up to his office and we started to share our testimonies. And I'd never really done that with another man before, what I had gone through, what he had gone through. And pretty soon, both of us had tears in our eyes. And uh, when we walked down to the car, he was gonna show me how to get out. And uh, he said this to me, he said, let's meet here again in one week. Same time, same place, but I want you to do me a favor. I want you to read the book of Job. And I thought, hmm, I've never read a book in the Bible. So as the captain ordered, I followed, and I read the book of Job. So uh, here's a little background of Job. Uh, this man lived, and this is a great book for any of you to read. It's just full of such beautiful, beautiful wisdom. But this is a man who had it all. He had tremendous wealth. He owned probably every livestock that was known, land, uh, 10 kids, a beautiful family, servants, staff, friends. He had it all. And then one day, one day, up above in the heavenly realm, a deal was being made on his head. And that deal was between God and Satan. So let's put that deal up. I want to show you the deal that was being made on Job's head. If we could put up Job chapter 1, verses 8 through 11. Then the Lord said to Satan, and this is one of the few times in the Bible that we actually hear from Satan. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing, Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands so that the flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. The Lord said to Satan, very well then, everything he has is in your power, but on the man himself do not lay a finger. Then Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. So what was happening here is Job had it all, and Satan was saying, because of that, that is why he worshiped you. If you take it away, he will curse you to your face. So what happened? Well, as we see in the Bible, the devil came down and wiped out his children, killed them all, took out all of his cattle, his sheep, all the oxen, whatever, wiped out all his wealth, 
wiped out everything that the man had, and then inflicted him with this disease from head to toe of open sores that were so painful, Job had to use shards of pottery to scrape and scratch just to rid himself of this incredible pain. Job was overcome by the trauma of this loss, as anyone would be, yet he never cursed God. But the why, why did that happen? The why consumed him. It hurt as much, if not more, than all the loss that he went through. Then his friends came, and at first they gave him brilliant advice. They said nothing for a week. They just comforted him. Sometimes when somebody's going through so much trauma, so much heartache, they don't need our counsel, they don't need our advice, they just need our arm on their shoulder. And then they came up with this. They said, well, surely your sin must have caused this. Your children's sin must have caused this. You must have done something to cause all this trauma upon your life. They were supposed to comfort, not condemn or blame. And then God, after some back and forth, some many chapters, again, I'm summarizing this, condensing this, but God finally speaks. He confronted Job's weakness. Job allowed his desire of knowing why, of wanting to know why he was suffering to overwhelm him and make him question God. So the why hurt him so much that he questioned God. So the lesson that we learn in the book of Job is that knowing God is better than knowing answers. Our part, our part is to simply remain faithful, which Job did. And then finally, God restored his family, his health, his wealth, quite abundantly. So it was a family restored because of personal transformation. So... Why did my friend Dominic suggest I read the book of Job? A bit of my story, a background. I, uh, I grew up in Arizona. Uh, I had a wonderful childhood. My, my father uh, went to West Point. He graduated when he was 21, right in the uh, smack dab middle of World War II. He became a bomber pilot, uh, flew lots of missions. Uh, it was a four-engine bomber. Two of the left engines, one, one mission, were shot out, and he managed to roughly crash land the aircraft, but nobody was killed, but he was hurt pretty badly. And then he uh, was evac to some forward medical uh, station, and my mom, who's from Chicago, met him there, and she, did, uh, she was a surgical nurse, so in one way more than another, she took care of him, and they ended up coming back to uh, Arizona and got married. I know. Just a beautiful story. And uh, so uh, they had two children. My sister, my older sister, lives in Los Angeles. Um, and I was in Arizona. And as I grew up, uh, my mom took me to church every once in a while. Not a lot, but every once in a while, Catholic church. And when I was a little boy, up through probably age 15 or so, I had this love of Jesus in my heart. I really did love Jesus, but I didn't know anything about him. I just knew that my mom loved him. I loved them, and it was just kind of a, it was a very, you know, fond memory of mine. Um, so both my parents, absolutely amazing, 
a little bit of Jesus in my heart. And then when I was in high school, one of the most, I was probably, I think a junior in high school, one of the most beautiful girls I had ever seen transferred into our high school from Michigan. And we fell in love and we got married and we were married for 13 years. And during that time, I was in uh, private equity and I had built up uh, some substantial assets. Um, like Job, I had it all. And then suddenly, like Job, it went away. Uh, at first, uh, my mom, whom I loved dearly, took her life. My father, I think because of the shame, the guilt, that he bore because of that, started to drink heavily, and then he shortly died thereafter uh, from liver cancer, probably from drinking too much. And then the money, the deals started to go, or at least I couldn't afford to stay in the deals. It wasn't the deals that necessarily went bad, but my leverage was, and all the money started to go away, and it was gone. And that caused stress in my marriage. So here both parents, the money is gone. And the stress was consuming our marriage to the point that my wife had to leave the house for a little bit. She wanted to take a trip. And it was a, gonna be a two-day trip or so. And um, uh, the first morning after her trip, um, I woke up to banging on my door. And uh, it was about six in the morning or so, and I opened the door and it was my best friend, Herman. And Herman was uh, shaking. His eyes were bloodshot. He was crying, and I kept asking him if he was okay, and he said, your wife was just killed in an automobile accident. And, um, you know, obviously the trauma, before the shock of all of this came over me, I looked up at God and I cursed God, unlike Job. And I said, never again will I praise you, will I love you, will I pray to you, never again. And I can just see the devil going up to God saying, I got one, not with Job, but I got one with Jim. And then I can see God saying, well, let's wait a minute. I just sent my beautiful angel Kelly down. But like Job, the pain of the why, why did this happen to me? Why did my parents die? Why did I lose money? Why did my wife get killed? why it was consuming me. And Job knew he was a righteous man, but I wasn't a righteous man, and so I bore the guilt and shame of this. I felt like I had a, a cause with my mother's suicide. I didn't recognize what she was going through. I was so self-centered, and there were things, if I could have turned the clock back, I would have seen the things that I could have done or said that would have changed that. With my father, the same thing. With the money, the same thing. With my wife, the same thing. So I bore this tremendous amount of pain for years and years. The why consumed me just like it did Job. When I met Kelly, she was as beautiful as she is today, a strong Christian, and I then had to go to church. But I was the guy that always uh, showed up late, left early, and nothing was changing. And, uh, you know, I lived with a hardened heart. When this happened, it was though I took my heart and put it in fresh concrete and just let it seal up around so I never had emotional intimacy. It was impossible for me to do that. I was spiritually dead spiritually dead. The feelings that I had because of all this trauma in my life 
It was too hard for me to bear, so I fell into addiction. The disease that Job had, the open sores, was similar to the disease that I was getting from the enemy. Not the open sores, but it was addiction from head to toe in drugs and alcohol. It kept me from not feeling. Because when I felt, I was in so much pain. The why, the pain, the only thing that numbed them were the drugs. My family was becoming stressed. So not only was I spiritually dead, physically dying, but my family was starting to break apart. My way wasn't working. I had to do it someone else's way. So uh, roughly 13 years ago, uh, around August 1st or so, I was up in Flagstaff, Arizona, and I decided my way wasn't the way, so I made a call to the Betty Ford Center, and I checked in for a month in August to do it someone else's way. So that shows you how messed up I am. Who goes to Palm Springs for a month in August, right? <laughs> I could have picked November, October, March, April, but I pick August. But nonetheless, it, it got me off the stuff, and I started to feel. Um, and, but my feelings were um, not quite as painful, but still hurtful, but I was empty because I didn't have God. And we were going to a great church. Even Pastor Stacy knew our pastor in Arizona, and he had even talked to her uh, after I have come here. And it was, you know, the guy that came in late, left early, but nothing ever shifted in my heart to receive God. My way wasn't working. And then I walked into this place, the movie theater, when we were over at the AMC, Awakened Church, about six and a half years ago. And uh, what was interesting is, uh, you know, I'd never been to a, a, a church where you raised your hands, I spirit-filled, and uh, uh, our pastors were speaking, and the seat next to me was open. My wife was sitting on the left of me, and Travis Greenow, right there, came and sat next to me. And then I thought it went from weird to worse. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Travis. So, here I was at uh, Awaken, still wanting to come in late, leave early. And then the Sunday before Emerge, I got here on time. And the very first worship song that played, George Valdez was leading worship that day. And I don't remember the song, but right after the song finished, he quoted scripture. So if we could put that scripture up, and this is kind of not a coincidence, it's a God thing that he quotes Hebrews 11.6. So George speaks Hebrews 11.6, without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The moment George said earnestly seek him, and I was back there, I felt this in my heart, and it opened up a little bit. It opened up enough to give me courage to go to Emerge the next few days. I haven't missed Emerge since. Now I don't struggle with asking God why. Instead, I ask God, how can you use me? How can you use my testimony? Reading the Word, reading the Bible, and men's prayer are two of the most impactful things I can do and that I have done. And I encourage 
all emerged men, all men, to do that. Read the word and come to men's prayer 5.30 in the morning. Awaken is a house of personal transformation and family restoration. Don't let what you don't understand rob you from trusting God. Don't let what you don't understand rob you from trusting God. So as we close, Adrian on the keys, we can bring up the worship team. The altar's open for business tonight. If any of you have the why going on in your mind, if any of you wonder why your finances aren't working, why your health diagnosis wasn't what you thought you'd hear, why your kids aren't doing what they should be doing, why you're fighting with your spouse, why you don't have a spouse. If you have that question why that is eating you like it has eaten me, you can come exchange that here at the altar tonight with instead of that why, how. How can God use you in that? So I invite you now, I invite the worship team up. The ministry team, please come up. Now's the time of prayer. Wednesday nights are amazing for breakthrough. So if any of you have a question why that you want to exchange for the how, come forward. Come forward. All of you can come forward. We'll have the response team behind you. We're just going to pray over you guys for breakthrough. We're going to exchange that why for the how. We're going to open your heart just a little bit or a lot. This is what church is for. Awaken is a house of transformation. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the perseverance as we trust in you. Thank you, God, for the perseverance. Your word says that as we persevere in your faith and trusting you that we will be blessed. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.